You're listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense with your host, Doug Thorpe. Here's Doug. Hey, Scott, how are you? Doug, how are we doing? I'm good, man. Good to see you again. Yeah, likewise, brother. Good to be back in the saddle with you. It's been a while. How are things in your world? Good, man. I went to, um, I was in Brazil in the rainforest for about a month with the Yawanawa people learning about their like tribal spirituality and like how they, how they, how does that work? And how do people actually live inside of tribes? What kind of practices do they keep? How do they run their communication? Like all that stuff. So it was pretty wild. I bet it was that some kind of regular offering or how, how do you, how do you get into something like that? Yeah. So, um, yeah, they, they offer it to like Westerners. They have been for the last like seven years or so. Um, and, uh, so they've gotten like a pretty Westernized, I'd say like in the terms of like, you know, realizing like, Hey, you need to have like meals and, uh, <laughs> stuff, but it, uh, you can get into it. It's called a dieta. Um, part of like a dieta though, is that you're signing up for, um, like very little food, like no clean water. You're living in very Spartan conditions. Like it's part of like, among the other things that you're learning, they're also like stripping away, like all the comforts and safety nets and distractions that come like in normal life. And like, like to like pull you down to like, just the very basic of what, what is living about, you know, into it. So it was, um, very challenging. Uh, but at the same time, like really rewarding. I learned a ton. So, you know, what else do you want? Well, that's amazing. It, it reminds me of, uh, I just, I, I took a little vacation of my own. I went on a Caribbean cruise and, uh, one of the things I did, I took Matthew McConaughey's book with me and read through that. And there's a portion in there where he describes a journey. He went and he, he, floated down the Amazon river, you know, with, with no clothes on just to, just to experience the, uh, the real connection with nature. And of course, only a guy like McConaughey can pull that off probably, but, uh, uh-huh. uh it was a, it was an interesting story. So as you, yeah, begin, that's right. Yeah. I remember I had a few people actually mention to me about, uh, McConaughey and what he was doing down there, man. I mean, those are pretty, pretty wild stories about like how what those guys are doing. And, uh, but yeah, man, there's something magical about, uh, about it, you know, it's about like being stripped of nothing and being in nature of it. And, uh, like the feeling, the feeling that comes with it is that you don't need everything, you know, like the feeling of like, oh, actually I'm perfectly content with nothing besides like this, you know, into it, um, which itself is powerful and also like slightly confusing coming back into normal life. Cause then you're like, well, then what is all this about? What well, am I doing all this for if I don't actually need it? Yeah. You know, into it. And then it turns into its own, its own process of like, you don't, uh, it's no longer about like making decisions out of a sense of like need or any objective. It's like making decisions from a place of just purely because you think that it'll be fun and that you're like, well, maybe I, and there's some joy I get out of like helping other people. And so like that's really just it like it turns into some just basic simplicity of why am i doing anything <laughs> if i don't need to well yeah. the uh I, i'll call it my my very western influence my 
combination of skepticism and capitalism. Did they charge you for that experience? Of course, yeah, yeah. Like they, the tribe has to like support their uh, their their things, right? And they're they're trying to like expand and have better like healthcare and educational systems and housing and like whatever, right? So uh, it could be that it's just like one big like oh this is like the way they make money and it might be it's probably like their most lucrative way to like make money off of it um and i thought about that like while i was down there especially when i was frustrated you know and i was like oh these fucking people and like this is just one big money making scheme and like blah 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 and um but like on the other side of that is like what difference does it make like what really is the only thing that's true is whatever experience that i'm having Either I'm having the experience of like being frustrated and feeling like blah, 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 or I'm having the experience of like, what am I here to like learn? If I'm having the experience of being really frustrated and trying to put all of these like images like on other people. Is that any different than what I'm doing in my normal life? I mean, is that what I'm really the way like I'm operating? I'm thinking right. that everybody is out right. to take from me. And I say, well, what actually is freedom? Well, freedom is being able to come to a place where I don't have, I'm not caught up in all of this stuff about other people. I'm really just centered inside of what's my own experience. And it doesn't really matter what their motivations are. I'm just interested in what's my experience. Is this the experience I want to have? What experience am I having in this moment? So it, the whole, this is like the problem with like spirituality is because the whole thing always turns into just like something of like simplicity where everything is just another way to guide you back to what's the simplistic version of what's this moment what's the experience I'm having? Is this the experience I want to be having? How can I get it to shift inside of myself? And they do all of these things and all of this analysis and all of this study and all of these emotions and all of this other stuff you can go out there to really just guide you back to like one basic, simple deal. Um, so it's, it's like, uh, it's, it's just wild, man, but it's a, uh, it's not for everybody though. Right. Like it's, it's definitely a, it's, um, it's just definitely something that was right for me. Right. How, how long was the experience? As five weeks. Yeah. Five weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, so, that, yeah. that would, that would break whatever rhythm you're in, you know, forever, uh, you know, because even the, uh, you know, I guess psychologists tell us it's uh, 21 days to create a habit. Well, I, I guess five weeks would break a habit if you've got one. <laughs> yeah, you, you get really cognizant of the habits that you have. And like, um, and like other stuff too, man, it's like, it's um, when you're like stripped down to nothing, right? And you're there, then you... Uh, everything that happens becomes really pronounced. Like every thought that you have is like uh, something that like screams through your head, right? Because there's actually, everything is so quiet, right? And um, so it's like, it's not, it doesn't take like 21 days. It's like three days. And then whatever is the shit, your bullshit that you run in your life that drives you crazy and causes you anxiety and fear and doubt and makes you think you got to do all these things on the outside in the world to feel differently on the inside, whatever that is for you and your, your particular formula uh, for doing that, all of that now becomes ultra clear. And you're like, wow, I'm, I'm running all of these programs 
of all these things I think that need to happen. And then when you can't do any of them anymore, and it's just you sitting there and there's nothing to do, then all of a sudden you're like, holy shit, I am just a crazy person. And then like, <laughs> and then I'm really aware of how crazy I am actually. And then you get to work on that. And like the craziness is like real craziness. Like, like just quickly it tell you is that like, I had a lot of my um, youth in my childhood and my young adulthood, I was really frustrated and angry pretty much like the whole time about like life and family and how I wasn't like, didn't get the respect I thought I should get and wasn't, you know, all of this stuff. Right. Which actually served to lead me into like being an attorney and starting a successful, successful business. Like these if whatever you want to call them, some people call them traumas or whatever, right? Whatever those are, they drive us to do great things, right? To build things and to be great people. But they come at a cost, right? And the cost is like, how do you feel about yourself on the inside? Where's like the depression, the anxiety, all of these other things come from. That's the other side of that coin when you build from like that place into it. So when I was down there and um, sitting with it, it like with inside of, like it was almost immediately like all that stuff from the past, like kicked back up and was like fully present inside of me. And I actually was like crazy for two weeks, frustrated and angry about everything. I was having arguments with people weren't that weren't there about things that didn't happen because I was just so angry. Right. Yeah. And I was just, yeah. I was literally watching myself from sitting from in the seat of consciousness. And as an, as an observer watching myself, be this angry and actually laughing about like, you are just absolutely insane right now. Look how crazy you are. And it was just, I just had to move that much anger through because I had stored it. This is what I tell people. I was like, this stuff is amazing. It's like having like a huge, like emotional detox of stuff that you might yeah. create like, <clears throat> a like deep level. But when you were, whatever you stored all of that energy inside of you, cause you didn't deal with it it releases in the exact same feeling. So whatever is the worst emotions you felt in your life that you were like, I can't deal with this and you push it away or whatever, all that stuff actually gets stored inside of you. And when it comes out, it'll feel exactly the same of it. So to really get free from whatever is that stuff, it means we have to relive the worst experiences of our life. And to be able to breathe and relax through it. And then it'll work through. And then we'll say, oh my God, I never felt this level of peace before. I didn't know this could exist because we've been carrying around for so long. We forgot what it felt like to not have it. But that's the price you pay, you know, if you want it. And that's why I say it's like, it's not for everybody because that's some scary shit. A lot of us, well, why do we store it in the first place? It's because we didn't want to deal with it. Didn't want to deal with it, right. Well, you know, your point about some of that, early life experience becomes a driver for what you do as a business owner and creator of, of enterprise. Uh, that I think that's a much more common thread than a lot of people want to admit, you know, they're, they're out there creating really amazing businesses, but yet when you really peel the onion, it, it's all for the wrong reason. It's just some crazy, um, energy to prove people wrong or, or say, see, I told you so, you know, I, I can be something, I can do something. And I don't know, it's, um, I, I'm not saying that's a hundred percent of the people I've ever dealt with, but I think it's a high percentage of people that have gone out and done these wonderful things, but not necessarily with the purest of intention. I think, yeah, I think it's, uh, 
I would say dang near close to everybody I meet is like building from that place. And you can see it in the way that they build, right? Is that that's it's the the age-old thing that everybody talks about too, right? So that that's one piece that I think is pretty like common inside of like psychological um analysis of entrepreneurs, right? Is hey, well, they're actually building to be able to prove something or whatever. But you can actually see it in another analogy that happens with us is that uh, where we talk about moving the goalpost, right? And you say, well, why does the goalpost always shift? Because it, when you need to shift the goalposts because at every, you're actually not ready to let go of whatever is the thing that's the driver. If the driver was like, I don't have the feeling of like respect that I want, and the way I'm going to get respect is to make money because society and my family told me that if I have enough money, then I'll finally be respected. Then I make whatever money I need. I still don't feel respected. So then I was like, well, it must be more money because that's what the belief system that I'm running is. And so then the goalpost will always shift. If you can get to, I, I advocate is saying like, stop trying to build the business, start working more on like the, the hardest parts of yourself into this like actually rooting out those things, which it's very scientific way of being able to do that. It's not anything magical about being able to get to that level and to be able to work on those things. But then what happens is there's not, it's not that the goalpost doesn't move anymore. There actually no longer is a goalpost at all. All it is, is that there's just a road and I'm just walking on the road. And each step I take on the road is enjoyable because I just decided to walk on the road and not that there's actually anywhere to get to. It's just, I decided that I wanted to go for a walk into it. And these are two totally different mindsets that you can't Jedi mind trick yourself into. Like you actually have to detox the bullshit to be able to live in this other place. But this other place is, has all of the things in it that everybody says they want. Like, cause everybody says they want, it's like, I want the peace. I want the feeling of connection. I want whatever is those things. They're all things that are inside of us, whatever they are, whatever. Yeah. They're all things that are inside of us. And so then it doesn't matter. Like you don't need anything on the outside to like change. If you can get to what the inside's supposed to be. And then it's easy. The whole game of life turns into like super simple. So with that experience and those revelations and that consciousness now, that brand new consciousness, how has that impacted your current business? It's amazing because I didn't know actually what the impact would be coming back. One, one part of me was actually really scared because I was like, well, what happens if like I'm in a place where I'm like, wow, I'm not, I'm not like driven in the same way, you know? And what's going to happen if I'm not, if I lose that, like the drive. This is really common, actually, with a lot of entrepreneurs that I've talked to. And the thing is, you actually do lose the you lose the drive you used to have, and what you find is a new drive and new gifts that come along the way. So the new drive becomes from a place of shifting from like I'm actually like at the heart of it, looking for respect. Is that like no? I'm really I really feel like my life is the purpose of it is in service. And I'm going to align my business to be in the highest service of myself, of the people that I work with and all of my customers holistically. It's all got to be like of service to everybody at the highest good. And that's where my creativity comes in is to figure out how I'm going to do that. This other thing happens too, though. You almost get like magic powers in a way, but not like in like, I'm going to, you know, like, uh, you know, cast fireballs out of my hands or something. It's like things that happen um, that people don't know what 
you're doing, but they can feel the impact of it. So like, for example, um, when I'm talking to my staff, right. And my staff actually, after I've been, um, over the course of the last like few months have been like giving me feedback to say, Scott, it's really, uh, um, you know, we've been noticing that like you talk slower, you're much more deliberate with everything that you say. Um, you seem like just overall, like at peace, you seem unshakable. Anything could happen. You're still just going to be the same person. There's nothing really that can happen that can throw you into whatever. It's like, we get this presence from you. And actually we want to know how you're doing that because we actually feel like anxious and our minds are whirlwinds most of the time. Attorney CPAs, business people, you know, they're like all the time into it. So like they actually started to ask me, they're like, Hey, can you start to coach us like weekly as like a, as a company? And like, what, how are you approaching things? I said, sure. And then we had other issues that popped up with like customers that were um, not happy about having to like pay some money for something or um, thought like, we're really questioning about like, were they really getting the right thing? Whatever the case may be. Right. But serious problems, right. Problems that would result in like refunds and unhappy customers into it. And the typical playbook inside of those services is what you, you promise them things, you give them a little discount, you know, and I'm going to do all these things for you or whatever. And you bring them back. And, um, but I joined those meetings from this other place and from this other place, there's the empathy, the level of understanding, like the presentness, like with the person is so strong that out of those meetings, the people started as, as you would expect by, by the end of about an hour, they're like pussycats saying, no, I'm totally fine. And I promised them nothing. And I gave them nothing. But it's just the power of the presence, the power of being able to be that empathetic, that creating a space for them to be able to be however they're going to be. And it has like these kinds of things, right? So like I've noticed that my my staff is desirous to shift, to like raise into like, well, how are, how can we have more of that? Like the customers that I'm dealing with and the people I'm dealing with from sales calls all the way down to customer service, like related issues that get escalated up to me, which are like the only ones that nobody else could figure out how to deal with. Um, those also naturally in just almost effortlessly dissolve into like, okay, great. You know that like so this is what I mean. It's like it's this is like magic powers, right? It's like what's the very highest level of the game that I could reach in sales, that I could reach in customer service. And it actually doesn't come from tactics. It comes from actually being a certain way. And then when you show up and the level of being that way, everything that you actually need to do isn't just intuitive. You don't even have to think about it. You just do it because that's just what feels right. So yeah. if you just focus on being, everything else is easy. <clears throat> you know, uh, you bring up a good point and it, what came to my mind, and I'm, I'm quickly thumbing through my roster of current and former clients, so many times one of the elements when I really connect on a fairly deep level with my clients, what they'll admit is they operate at a level of fear. They, they fear the next step. They fear the transaction tomorrow or the turn of the market or being eclipsed by some technology or some new event or whatever. And there's this fundamental basis of fear going on that is, is hard to overcome. And, and I think even in the case, what prompted this for me is 
even in the case of the disgruntled customer, probably truth be told, they're coming at the matter with a level of fear. You know, what do you mean I have to pay more money? And, you know, where's that money coming from? How am I going to be able to do that? And, and there's this whole, uh, well, I guess some people talk about it in terms of the attitude of scarcity rather than abundance. And, you know, you're, you're, you're ultimately playing defense instead of being able to play a level-minded game. That's right. It's um, at the crux of all of it is fear. The crux of all the problems is fear and to of what's going on inside of their head and any issue that like I'm experiencing or I feel like my staff is experiencing is always just runs to fear. I think this is what the power of being is so powerful because so there's, there's two types of love as I understand it. There's like this masculine and the feminine versions of it. Feminine versions of love is what we're always like accustomed to hearing about, right? It's like the love of the mother or the love for God or like whatever, right? Those kinds of, uh, are the love that you have for your spouse. There's this masculine version of it though, that I've come to experience which is actually the ability to create space. And that like term sounds like a little woo-woo, but really all it's saying is, is that I'm so strong inside of myself that I can actually create a space that whatever happens in this space is okay. Whatever you're going to say, whatever you're going to feel, whatever's going on with you, it's completely okay. And just by the mere presence of me showing up to say, I'm going to hold this space so that everybody can just say what the truth is whatever's really happening in here without any type of judgment, criticism, counterattack, anything. We're just holding the space for truth of what's really going on. Then all of a sudden, like the fear and all of those things can come out. Everybody can actually just say what's really happening. And the moment they can actually just say what's happening, the fear goes away, right? And because now we're actually present and now we're all present together. And from this place, we said, well, I was really fearful that if I said the truth, then I wasn't, you weren't going to give me whatever I wanted. And the moment that I, they get to experience that they can say the truth and actually everything is okay. And we're still just here together and saying, great, what do we want to do next? How can we get to the next place? Well, the fear goes away and then the solution becomes obvious. Yeah. Once the fear goes away, the solution's always obvious. And that's why I was like, man, this is the coolest thing I've ever done. Cause I actually don't have to do anything. <laughs> yeah. You, you you just have to be willing to be and and have that moment, be in that moment at, at a constant turn. So as you have opened the doors and of that experience to your staff, so how long has that been going on, that kind of transformation with them? How how are they making the journey in their own way? Yeah, so it's it's really, you know, this is the part of it is you gotta be really patient. Right. So for them, it's been just over the course of the last maybe few months, right. Of really starting to come into like awareness of like what's going on with me and me not really trying to push anything, but just saying, I'm going to start showing up like this way, you know, because I'm going to show up in my authentic way of what I feel is right. What's true for me. And, uh, and then it's just been like a slow, it's just been a few months of just one-off conversations with people. Um, and then just more recently here within say the last month of like me coming back from, from being in Brazil to, um, start, you know, doing like weekly coaching, but it's very slow. Right. I mean, you're talking about like the very first conversations is just like, 
are we even clear about what it is we want? You know, how aware are we with what's happening inside of ourselves and other people? Like, and so it's just, it's not anything like we're talking about here today. It's just the absolute basics and, and giving examples. Okay, cool. So let me, I want to tell you guys a story about like, this is what happened. This is, this is what happened with this person. And, you know, and they were really upset. And by the, in the beginning, it was like this. And at the end of the call, they were a pussycat. And here's what I did. I just continued to watch my breath, breathe, stay relaxed, and listen. Great. Now there's the last five minutes of the meeting. Let's practice breathing together. So we can all learn, like, what is the skill set of breathing and how you can have access to it at any time to just slow everything down, relax, and then come to whatever you're doing from a place of, like, peace. And if you're not at peace, then don't do anything. Breathe until you get to peace. Okay, that's a big lesson. We'll probably have to spend a whole quarter on just, do you guys know how to breathe? Like, are you aware of what's going on? Are you getting caught up into it? Or are you actually aware? Okay, now that you're aware, can you actually stop yourself? Because you're probably addicted to doing stuff instead of stopping. Okay, now that you can figure out how to stop, can you can you actually like breathe? Can you breathe long enough to, to actually get to peace before you do something else? Or are you going to like bail on the breathing and try to get back to work because you're too caught up and needing to do stuff? So like everybody's like, oh, breathe. That's easy. No, no, no. You're breaking like four or five different habits of, of what causes us to be crazy <clears throat> to learn how to breathe. Yeah. It's interesting you bring that up. You know, there's a famous TED talk that talks about uh, that's actually a, a core element in some Navy SEAL training is mm -hmm. is breathing and breathing properly in the moment to slow everything down, calm everything down, be more clear in your cognitive function that is is very much influenced by your controlled breathing it, yep. it's it's our, our bodies are just wired that way and we do get caught up in the busyness of the day or the crisis of the moment and we fly through that or we fly at that with whatever prior conditioning we've had and in time that may actually accelerate and exacerbate the situation rather than resolve it in a healthy way. I would offer the idea is that whenever we act from a place that's other than our highest self, we might resolve that issue, but we're creating other messes along the way. And so we're actually creating cleanup work for ourselves while we're doing it. So people are always asking that is like, well, how can that, you know, how do you have time? And I always want to say like, how do you not have time? Because everything that you're doing from out this place, you're leaving your, you're creating more work to resolve one problem. So the more problems you're solving, the actually more work you're creating for yourself. So why don't you slow down and cleanly move through the day? You know, like this Navy SEALs talk about it from like slow is smooth and smooth is fast. This is what they're talking about. Navy SEALs, the kind of breathing they're doing, my understanding is that it's actually box breathing. It's the same stuff the yogis use that have been practicing for thousands of years. How do you get yourself back down to calm? And Navy SEALs, act their training program, if you read the book, um, Stealing Fire, they talk about and stealing fire about how the Navy SEALs, their selection process is not actually just for like physical or mental toughness. It's actually for this term that they call ecstasis. It's their ability to like lock into each other whenever they're going to be going on a mission where they turn into like a hive mind. And they're saying, we don't actually know how to train that. 
It's just, it's stuff that people like either they have it or they don't. Well, my belief is that actually it's very trainable. It just actually could take 10, 15 years for some people to develop. What is that like to allow your mind to become so calm, so connected? The yogis talk about it, right? As like, this is how you can feel connected to like everything in the universe, right? Which sounds like a crazy concept, right? But how else do you explain what's going on inside of what the Navy SEALs report, right? What they're selecting for is like, can they get to a state of like a mental state and they train themselves into a mental state where now all of a sudden they don't feel like they're an individual anymore. They're one collective group of like automatic moving parts that they don't, they can read each other's minds. They can know exactly what's going to happen um, in any given moment that one person like goes down, another person immediately becomes the leader into it. Um, I think it's, I think it's all part of like some type of uh, technology that exists inside of us, but we all just can't see and experience except maybe in like brief moments of it because we're too clogged up with all of the stuff coming in from all these inputs that are like clogging up our mind, making it yeah. too static, like <clears throat> static on the television. Cause we got all this stuff from Instagram and our work and all of our emotions running and like all this other junk. Well, and a lot of it is restricted by prior programming, you know, whatever we learned at home or at school or in, in our early adult experiences can't can't help but program us to think feel and believe certain things and when those become truths and core beliefs that are not rooted in you know well-resolved understanding we just continue to operate that way and if anything else we create self-fulfilling prophecy about how we're going to go out in the world that's right yeah. It all becomes one self-fulfilling prophecy because it actually is like your beliefs, you know, like the reason, like one of the, one of the great stories um, I remember hearing about is like, there's a, you know, you're in like, there's a guy and a girl are in a relationship, you know, and the girl's always going to, is afraid that the guy's going to cheat on it. Right. So what does she do? She's like always, you know, like breaking into his phone and checking up on him all the time and monitoring where he's at, like in his location or whatever. Right. So then the guy otherwise would have been like super happy with the relationship, loves her. All of a sudden, like he doesn't really feel trusted, feels like somebody else is like actually, you know, makes him feel really uncomfortable. And then he's, he's so he starts to not feel connected to his girlfriend and then he cheats on her. So I was like, well, it's the fear of he's going to cheat on you is actually going to cause him to cheat on you, right? Because you're running it, you know, into it. And I think this is actually one of the, key pieces in like leadership and business. I think this is actually where we're going to be evolving into in business is that I think the new, the next generation of like great leaders in business will all be spiritual leaders, whether they're, they won't, they, I don't think anybody's going to say those terms, right? Like I don't even say those terms right into it because I don't want people to get off put by terminology into it, right? I just want them to like experience what it's like and then listen to like, aren't these just common sense things that you can put in place or try and tell me how you feel because feeling is real. You know, everything else might be bullshit, but feeling is definitely real. And, uh, and I think what we will find from that is that you, your, all of your training, like becomes super leveraged because people aren't just memorizing tactics. They're approaching it from like a state of beingness and, You'll end up having a um, huge amount of your customer satisfaction to go up. Your sales will improve because you were just teaching people about how to be more connected to each other. And I also think it'll be like the number one thing that actually re-engages the workforce because 
it'll be the people that can hold the center of focus of attention for their, their tribe, their company, right. Of the people they're leading, it will be the thing that they'll say, well, I can't get anywhere else. I can't get this kind of somebody actually coaching me on how my life skills are improving. That's making me more advanced in my career, effortlessly improving inside of my career, but also this weird magic thing happens that the skills that I'm learning inside of like my job funny also actually helped me with every other area of my life. These are the stories I hear from my staff. Oh, that thing that you taught me about how to work with like that kind of customer or that kind of conversation. I realized that that happened with my husband, the same kind of thing. And I did the exact same stuff and it worked beautifully. So now my relationship with my husband is better. And I was like, great. If you can actually be a leader who's helping people upskill what's happening in their workplace <clears throat> as like an ex laboratory, that's going to help them upskill what's happening in their life. How do they ever leave you? What is that worth? It's worth everything. Because at the end of the day, they're like, what do I need? 10,000 more dollars or do I need a better relationship with my wife? Because Scott helps me get a better relationship with my wife. How does he help me do it? By helping me with the same stuff that happens inside of my work. Why does that work? It's because life is no different than work. We are just who we are. You know, just one is just the extension of the other. And the same BS that happens inside of our lives, our personal lives, is the same issues that are raising inside of the workplace. So the workplace is actually the single best training ground that we have if we have good leadership to show us here's how to uh, be more adept and more skillful about how yeah. do you manage yourself and how do you manage the world. Live a successful life, not just create a profitable business. I think it'll make an ultra profitable business too. Because if everything is working better, right, doesn't the profitability go up? I mean, isn't it like the one thing that raises everything? Everybody gets what they want. I, as a business owner, am making more money. My people are happier. They're not going to leave. They automatically become more skillful. They're more energized about work because they're like, holy smokes, this is the only place in my life that I actually feel like things are improving and that people are there for me to be able to get there. Like, how does everything not improve if we take this approach? Yeah. I like that. And, you know, it, it does remind me that's one of the things that I value as an opportunity to be a coach for people. As, as I work with leaders and we explore these principles and things to help them do more to engage with their teams and, and create better workplaces, inevitably, I will, somewhere in that journey, I'll have a client open up a session by saying, oh, by the way, you know that thing we talked about last week? I went home and I talked to my wife about that. And, or I talked to my husband about that. And they'll say, you know, well, the, the usual thing they say is my spouse, spouse told me I better pay attention to my coach. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you one too, Doug? Is I, I belong to a member of like a high net worth, like men's entrepreneurship and real estate group called GoBundance. And uh, in GoBundance, it's, um, uh, they have like certain pillars they live by, right? Like it's like, hey, bucket list adventures, like genuine, authentic uh, relationships, um, these things, which are like basically like life fulfillment, you know, parts of things. Because this is what happened to these guys, right? They're like, hey, cool, I made the money, but like, what is, what are all the other parts that actually make life great, right? And funnily enough, all these guys talk about it is that when they say my wife loves it when I come to this event where I get to ski all during the day and then I mastermind with amazing dudes and get to get more focused about like what is going to be the next level of what areas of my life am I focused on improving and how are great men and great women doing that, right? So I can learn 
faster. So I come home and my wife is always stoked when I come home because I have all this, I'm, I'm a better version of myself when I come home and they always want me to go. So it's the first time like I've ever heard in my life that like the, the spouses are like, you need to go out there and go have a bunch of fun and are pushing them out the door to go do amazing fun stuff and also get like improvement of like uh, getting upgrades are reminded of of what is uh these other these other things that are going on so i think it's like this this beautiful system right as like what if what if it's possible that if we take this approach in these different areas of our lives and it underpins like a section of everything we do it doesn't need to be the whole thing right it doesn't have to be all this like huge hard work but if it just underpins like an intentionality of a section of all of the stuff that we do then we can develop a system where there's no longer like the need to compromise and that old fashioned sense. Like we can, everybody will win and get more of whatever it is that they're wanting um, into it. Um, and so maybe, maybe, maybe call me an idealist, but I think it's possible. So what has your GoBundance group said about your experience in Brazil? <laughs> yeah. So the, um, they're really uh, curious um, because you know, these guys, they're still going through stuff, right? So I come back from it and I sit down and I have coffee with the guy and he's like, yeah, man, since the last time we talked, actually, I'm going through like a major divorce. You know, we had been separated and now we're going to go get divorced. I could see this guy, right? And like the moment he starts talking about his divorce, like his whole body freezes, right? So I jumped in and I was like, hey, are you aware of what just happened with your body? And he's like, no. And then he just continued on with the story, right? And continues on with it. So at the end of the, after he's able to, you know, I practice the things that I know of, right? Hold space, like be able to just sit with him in the moment of the emotion without needing to like guide the conversation, just let him say and be, and let him work through whatever he feels like he needs to share in that moment, right? Um, after he does that, then it turns into like a conversation that's about, you know, um, do you know why I asked you what was going on with your body? And I'll say, no, I have no idea. What was that about? And I said, yeah, because you froze. So like you're, you have fight or flight that's running about this thing about the divorce, which means you have huge amounts of fear that are associated with it. Do you know how to work through that fear to help deprogram that fear? So that way this will no longer be a pain in your life that you can move through this divorce and it'll just be an event of something that happened, but it won't be anything that affects you emotionally into it. You can stay centered inside of yourself. And he's like, I, I don't know how to do that. So I was like, cool. Let me show you some, let me show you like a little bit of theory about like how this deprograms a nervous system using just scientific scientific uh, things that we've already studied in terms of brain and neurological analysis and breathing that happens with it. And, and then I breathe with him and say, look, hold in the front of your mind, do this kind of box breathing. Okay. We do that for five minutes. How do you feel about it now? And he's like, well, still is like painful, but it's less painful. I can feel it like deadening. It's like, great. Keep doing this over the course of the next two months. I guarantee you when you go in to like sign those like divorce papers, it'll be a, like a non-event or it'll be close to a non-event. Whereas right now you can barely talk about it before your body freezes because you go into fight or flight so bad. And if you don't do anything about it, which is fine, your choice, whether you want to do anything about it or not. And I'm not going to judge you one way or the other right into it. I'm just here to serve and support you that's going to be a really hard experience for you because it's already hard right now. And it's not even here. You're just talking about it. And even what you're imagining is so bad, your body is locking up. You're not, it's not even real yet into it. But if you do this, then when it comes to it, 
It'll be like a non-event or it'll be barely it'll be something really, it'll be something very manageable for you to be able to move through and, and work with like in your presence. And it's the last frontier. So this is what they are thinking. As, as I, I talk to more and more of them and able to like talk to them a little bit about just really common sense, like kinds of approaches and like here, just let's try this simple practice here together. The sense that I'm getting from them is that they're like, oh, this is actually the last frontier of living, right? They're like, cool. We got the money aspect. We got how to like drive through, how to create more vacations that I want to go through and whatever. The only the last thing is, is what's my internal environment as I'm dealing with stuff. And I'm like, yeah, because once you have the money and you know how to create the lifestyle you want to, then it's just what's going on inside of you. And now you're able to do this thing called, this is the best life I possibly can live. There is no better life than I can live to this. There is nothing else that I can do into it to make it any better. It's just how well can I do this? And then life becomes super simple because you already have everything. Well, I, I see how that's such a powerful impact. And again, I'm reflecting on a lot of my own personal experience as well as hundreds and hundreds of clients that I've worked with. And uh, well, there are many things that come to mind, but I'll start with back in 2008 when we had the Great Recession and there were people that lost their jobs who had never in their life lost a job. And I created a nonprofit organization that was supporting those people, trying to help them figure out new direction and, and ways to find new work. And one of the big things we quickly pivoted as an organization to address was that whole loss of identity, loss of self, because people were so wrapped up in the job identity that they had that when they lost that job, they had literally no clue who they were, what they represented, what their life was about. And so a lot of the work we did in, in with those folks was to help reorient, help them go on a journey to redefine or reconnect with their sense of being and purpose and let all that other stuff go away. And so, yes, was there pressure because the bank account had drained down? Yes, that was a reality, but it needed to become secondary to the idea that you can't do anything if you don't know who you are. Yeah, well, you can do, you can do a lot of stuff, right? Yeah. But the issue is coming is you'll just always be doing stuff. Right. You know, and then this is, I think that like it underpins the question, right? A lot of us never have to deal with but or never want to deal with, which is like comes into what's what's the highest form of living? It's a question we never get asked. Our parents never asked that question. If they did, they would have been much more advanced by the time that they started to train us. Right. They just trained us into all the stuff that worked for them to help them be able to figure out how do they move through life with the least amount of suffering into it. But they didn't ask what was the highest form of living. They right. asked, well, how can I right. how can I navigate all of these different sufferings that are happening? And I think right. that's actually what we're really doing is we're saying, well, we actually feel a ton of suffering because I don't feel good enough because of what I see on Instagram. I need to be able to look like this. I need to be able to have this and whatever is going on. But we always just say, well, then I'll work really hard and I'll work all these jobs and I'll do this other stuff and I'll get a side hustle and I'll like blah, 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 blah. And it's all built around like a reaction to not feeling good enough or having enough. 
And if we sat with a question of like, what's actually my highest form of living, not a reaction to like not feeling good, but what actually is the highest form of living look like and go for that and saying, I want to go for my highest form of living instead of trying to solve a negative, like this is what they say, like in weight loss, right? If you try to go into weight loss and say, well, I'm going to lose weight. That's really different than saying, I'm actually going for what's the healthiest I can be. These are two totally different mindsets, two totally different approaches. They feel totally different and they get totally different results. You'll get short-term results with like saying, I want to lose weight, right? And you usually will do it in a, in a not very healthy way of doing it and it'll come right back. But if you're actually like, I want the, I want what's the healthiest I can be. No, these are long-term pieces. They'll stick with you for the rest of your life because now you're on a pursuit of a positive and you're actually creating something in your life into it. Even though at the end of the day, you're still just doing stuff, right? The mentality behind it is, is everything that comes into it. Well, let me ask you this, Scott, and you know, we, we dove straight into this discussion and I really do appreciate it. I will have to get real creative in my editing of this show because we didn't follow my normal format whatsoever. Oh, shoot. Sorry about that. I just got excited. No, I, 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 I am likewise. Um, but I, I do want to touch on your core business because I find it fascinating. But of course, the audience doesn't know this yet. We'll talk about it. But I find one thing. There's an element, if I understood your business right, so as, a, as an attorney, you, you saw an opportunity to help people that had created wealth find ways to secure and protect that wealth for the long term. Is, is that a fair statement on what your business is about? Um, yeah. So I'm actually a, an attorney, entrepreneur, an investor, and I play at um, this other thing called like spirituality, right? About like, what, how do I actually live and really focus like on, on that piece? Because that's the piece that's been driving me since I was eight. That's about like, what is this all about? And what, how do I do this? So like I bought that transmission auto repair shop and, and law school to be able to learn how to run the business and also like learn how to do real estate. And then as I like grew my real estate and grew my business, now I had wealth and I had to figure out, well, well now that I have wealth, how do I protect it? How do I hide the assets? How do I, uh, to protect myself from lawsuits? How do I save money on taxes? What do I need to do with my estate planning? How can I make my investments more through like syndications and really good syndication deals to save myself time so that way I can get um, my time back and make good returns, but also as I didn't have time to like really vet deals in the same way I did before. And uh, basically all I've done is Royal Legal Solutions is just create a team that helped and written originally to manage everything I had. And now we're like a team of 30 of like four attorneys, CPAs, um, MBAs, financial advisors, investment advisors um, that are able to essentially help people become the CEO of a wealth building company that we build for them and maintain for them and then coach them on monthly how to do it. And the idea there is, this is how you get free. This is how you accelerate the, through the whole process of everything that you're going to need to put together as you start to accumulate wealth, how you accelerate everything to be able to save the money on the taxes, increase your return so you can become free of this desire to, um, you, you'll reach the money goals. And then once you reach the money goals, you'll get this other piece, which is like, great. How do I live better? Spend more time with my family, go on more vacations, be able to focus on myself more, look at my work on my internal environment of what's going on with me and to all of it. And that's really like the, the epic mission. And we're the only company that does it. I mean, to be able to say, whoever you are, you come in. And if you're making over $150,000 a year, it will save so much money in taxes. It'll pay for everything else that we're going to do. And we can build it all for you. 
maintain it for you and train you how to use it. Well, and to that point, and I, I'm glad you, you know, frame that up because Again, I go to my earlier point, a lot of times people that have been on a mission to create wealth, they end up, if they, if they don't carry it with them the whole way, they end up more in a mindset of fear, like, I'm afraid of the tax man, I'm afraid of my audit, I'm afraid of the risk I've got in the marketplace, because if somebody slips and falls in one of my facilities, you know, I can lose it all, you know, that those kinds of things far too often drive the being that people are living, even after achieving all this great success, you know, and I put air quotes on the word success. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's everybody, right? So like everybody worked really hard on how to make the money, but they didn't work hard on like, okay, after I have the money, now what? I mean, I know billionaires that still spend, you know, 20 hours a week managing their wealth, you know? So I was like, well, if a billionaire isn't free, then who's free? What does it actually take to get free, right? To be at peace, right? And so it's like at the end of the day, right? It's just like a simple question. Do you worry? If you worry, then you're not at peace. If you're worried, then just do the best practices of what the smartest people have been able to figure out on how to do it. Somebody who's walked the path before you, it's done it for themselves, done it for other people, and maybe follow that person. It doesn't have to be me, but find somebody who has whatever you want in life and then be able and go follow them and just do exactly what they tell you to do. After you've mastered exactly what they tell you to do, then you can get creative, right? But at least you'll have the level of results that they've had from their life experience of having to learn a bunch of lessons so you don't have to skin your knees along the way into it. And really, it's just that simple. Everything is just that simple, really. I mean, I live my life by that principle. Whatever I want, I find somebody else that has it. Have they done it for themselves? Have they helped other people do it for them, for, for them as well? Great. I'm just going to do exactly what they tell me to do until I master whatever that is. And that's just what we do, but we just do it with wealth building, right? Yeah. Awesome. Well, Scott, unfortunately, and I I put that in capital letters, unfortunately, <laughs> we're up on time here, but this has been an amazing discussion, and I really do believe that it is going to inspire some curiosity by somebody that's going to be listening today. And if, if we accomplish that, even if it's just one person out there in this world that takes a different look at it based on everything we've said today, I'm, I'll be happy. So tell everybody the best way to get a hold of you if they're interested in knowing more about your program and, and ways that you can help them and, and their wealth empire they might have already built or are working to build. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, we work with clients in all 50 states um, and, and real estate investors and, and everybody. So it's really like anybody that's making over like $150,000 a year. Um, we can really uh, save you a lot of money on taxes. No matter if you're 1099 W-2, um, we're amazing at tax. And uh, the best thing to do is just go to Royal Legal Solutions, royallegalsolutions.com. Um, we actually have a vault, an education vault come uh, up which has all of my video courses, eBooks, trainings, um, everything is organized in there by um, product. There's like live support directly from the professional team. Then there's nothing, no cost to get in there to receive all of that. We're even going to be doing a live two-day summit here, June 15th and 16th, um, where I'll be, day one is going to be everything on asset protection, estate planning, tax, and insurance. 
day two is going to be here's um, four different asset classes for syndication investments. They're going to be somewhere between paying somewhere between like 15 to 25% returns plus 180% bonus depreciation in some cases. And why is that so important? Is there, you know, there's a way that you can get into those because we have a community of people that we're, because we have a community, we can negotiate better like investment rate uh, returns for our community. Um, I invest in these same deals myself. And uh, that's the intention of the summit is in the summit. You're like, cool, this is the live training. Apart from the live training, we have a vault inside of the vault. There's all of the education on everything that we do, giving away all the secrets for free. You can even message the professional team inside of that platform. Uh, to be able to get direct questions as you're doing like your study and, and we give it all away for, for free into there. And if you contact us into it, we'll actually walk you through it one-on-one to show you like, this is what we can really do for you. As long as you're qualified, as long as you have appropriate assets or you have appropriate income that we can actually, if it, if it all makes sense that we can do something together, walk you the one-on-one you, without even making like a commitment, you know, everybody else out there is like, ah, it's $10,000 for anybody to give you a look on the hood. We're like, no, no, everybody gets to look under the hood. We'll educate you on it for free. I mean, it's really something that nobody else is, is even close to saying like, this is, we'll lay all our cards on the table before, beforehand, about what this is like. So just royallegalsolutions.com, best place Great. to start. Great. Well, Scott, thank you so much. And um, again, everybody, I, I hope you take to heart what Scott shared today. And I if, if I need to apologize in advance for those of you that are going to say, oh, my God, Doug, you've gone over the edge. This is all woo-woo and everything. I, I'm going to encourage you to be slow on that judgment. Think deeply about what the proverbial question is, what keeps you up at night? If you're thinking about your business, your family, all your financial affairs and things that are going on, think about the things that Scott shared today. And I, I really believe you're going to find some truth in in the um, teaching here that he shared. So for now, we're going to sign off, say goodbye. Thank you for spending your time with us. We hope it was helpful and we hope to see you again real soon. You've been listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense, hosted by Doug Thorpe. If you would like to know more about the coaching and advisory services he provides, visit DougThorpe.com.